All right. So Luke 2, 14. The angels are, appear to the shepherds in the field, and they say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace or goodwill with those whom he is well pleased. Now, again, depending on the particular translation, one says, goodwill toward all men. And Jesus came to bring peace to the earth. Now, I'm going to talk about that today because I think it's a little different, the peace that he uh, advocated and literally came to, to bring to humankind is different than the peace that maybe the world is looking for. And how many know you're looking for love in all the wrong places? That's still true. People today are looking for love. They're looking for something to fill that void in their lives, but they're looking in the wrong place. And it's apparent that Jesus came literally to, for you and I to experience his peace. It's an amazing thing. Uh, it says in Ephesians 2, verses 14 and 17 and 18, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. And he came and he preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Isn't that amazing? Think about this. Now we have access to God. Wow. Have you ever met someone who's famous? Really famous? All right. And... You know, when you when trying to get access to that person, not easy, is it? But God, the supreme being, the one who created everything, God who is King of kings and Lord of lords almighty, says, look, you know what? You've got access to me. You don't have to worry about, you know, bodyguards or, or anything. You have access to, to actually come and know him personally, to talk with him, to spend time with him, and to absolutely develop a relationship with him. That's amazing. The one who created every person, the one who, the one day the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. He invites us into a relationship and says there's absolutely nothing to hold you back. You have access to come and spend time with me. The scripture says that Jesus came in Luke 179 to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. You know, the message of the cross is called the gospel of peace, Ephesians 6, 15. Jesus is the prince of peace, Isaiah 9, 6. He's called the Lord of peace in 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. And the very essence of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, according to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. So the gospel is all about peace. And I want you just to look with me at a particular scripture. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Very familiar passage of scripture that talks about the peace of God. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he says that this peace that God offers us literally surpasses all understanding. It transcends human reasoning or logic. It goes way beyond anything. Because why? Because it's the peace of God. It's the supernatural peace. Do you ever think that God has a bad day? Do you ever think that God, like, some, somebody says something to God? And how many know that people say nasty things about God all the time? 
especially Jesus. I don't know. It's just him. He just really gets uh, targeted. But the fact is, do you think it upsets Jesus? Do you think it ruins his day? Look, it doesn't. Why? Because God is perfect. God is righteous. He's holy. And this peace that we're talking about, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, is not a peace that is fickle. It's not a peace that is contingent upon our circumstances going well. Like, today's going to be a really good day because, you know, tick the box. No. The fact is, we can know his peace because he wants to live in you and me if he's not already. And that peace is constant. It's abiding. It's unchanging. It is not subject to to any type of um, change based on the conditions that you are experiencing in a day or in a year. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. So let me just read this scripture in its entirety. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to read it to you from another translation, the New Living. It says, don't worry about anything. Wow. How many can say that? I never worry about anything. All right. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Isn't that amazing? Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has already done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, the fact is, God has promised, whether we can, we can say, hey, I, I can relate to this, or whether it just seems just unattainable to us, the fact is, God has promised us in his word, listen to this, 2 Thessalonians 3.16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Another translation puts it this way. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. All times and in all circumstances and situations. But when we look in our world, what do we see? Do we see people experiencing that? When we look around us, for the most part, that is not the case. Do you know? that we are living in a time in which mental health experts and social scientists say is unprecedented in terms of stress, anxiety, uh, mental illness, that emotional uh, lack of stability emotionally. Um, one particular doctor, Kenneth Pelleche, who was the clinical, um, the director of, of clinical psychology and also a medical doctor, said this at the University of California School of Medicine. Psychological factors... Stress in particular are being recognized as a major contributing factor into what we often see as chronic degenerative disease. By this, I mean such conditions as heart disease, arthritis, depressive conditions, and even cancer. Stress for a short period of time is fine. However, if it becomes protracted, the result can be tachycardia. Now, tachycardia is of course, when our heart speeds up. And when you're exercising or when you're under stress, your heart speeds up. That's natural. But if it's protracted, and then it comes to the point with tachycardia, even when you're resting, your heart is beating too fast. 
And it's very clear if you study this that it is potentially lethal. It can cause stroke, it can cause heart attack, and it can kill you. And so we understand that we're living in this time when, you know, even the Bible says that God knew full well that this type of stuff was not good for us. There's a link between emotional health, mental wellness, and physical well-being. We are a spirit, soul, and body, and we cannot separate that. Sometimes Christians, what we do is, you know, we say we become so spiritually minded that we're of no earthly good because we look at people and we think, look at, you know what, as long as you're spiritually okay, that's all that matters. But that's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus taught. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God came to give us emotional stability and mental equilibrium. This peace that surpasses or transcends all human reasoning, it literally will guard our hearts and our minds. The word that is translated guard literally means to be watchful by keeping your eye upon something. It's actually a military term in the Greek language, and it's speaking of someone like a a sentry, a sentinel, a watchman. Have you ever been to Buckingham Palace? Okay. And you know what? When you go there and you see this, this British royal guards with their bearskin hats. Piece of trivia, by the way, one bear to make one of those hats. Did you know that? In my research, I found that out. Just, just thought you'd like to know that. So one bear to make one of those hats. So in this whole thing, you've got these guards, these sentries that are standing there, and they seem very, very focused, right? I mean, it's almost like, are you even awake? And, uh, you know... But I'll tell you something, if you try to breach security, if you try to access or enter into Buckingham Palace, they'll shut you down very quickly. Perilous times in the last days. The word that is translated perilous means hard to deal with, very difficult, very stressful times in the last days. So even as we look in our world right now and we see what is going on, I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely mind-blowing, the things that people are dealing with. Terrorism at a scale we've never seen before. Uh, fear about losing my job. Fear about the economy. Fear about what is going to happen. Fear that I'm going to get sick. Fear that, that this is going to happen. And all of these things are so prevalent in our culture to the point that from 1999 to 2012, the amount of people taking antidepressants has doubled. The country in the world that has more people per capita taking antidepressants is United States of America. Number two is Iceland, but number three is Australia in the whole world. 89 out of 1,000 people in Australia are on one form of antidepressant or another. That's 8.9%. It's a time when people are looking to human resources, to human intervention, to bring peace into their lives. But God has promised in his word that he will bring you a peace that will guard your heart and will guard your mind. It's the peace of God, which means that it's constant, it's unchanging, it's rooted in him. How do we get this peace? Let me close with this. Look at Philippians 4, verse 7. There's three specific things that we have to understand about this peace. First of all, this peace, which is a garrison to the soul, 
in all experiences in life. This peace which defends us from the external assaults of of temptation as well as anxiety. This peace which disciplines our inward desires and literally our imaginations and brings it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This particular peace is accessible because, number one, it's in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. And it literally tells us what we're supposed to do, right? Be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer. So, number one, it's in Christ. It's not just like if you pray. That's not enough. You have to be in Christ, You have to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when it speaks about being in Christ, it's not saying you put up your hand one day. I'm so uh, fed up with that stuff. It doesn't work. People put up their hand and say, okay, yeah, now I'm with Jesus. No, you're not. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciple, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jesus isn't trying to start a fan club, guys. He's looking for people that will take up their cross and follow him. This isn't just like Jesus wants to give you a quick fix. No, Jesus is saying that he wants you to surrender your life to him. And when you give everything to him and you surrender to him, you'll experience the fullness of everything that he has made available to you and to me. It's a great exchange because he gives us joy for our sorrow healing and wholeness for our brokenness, peace for our confusion and anxiety, righteousness for our sin, our bondage, our addictions. He gives us all of this when we surrender our hearts to him and we say, Jesus, make me your son. Jesus, I believe what you did at the cross was for my forgiveness and my salvation, and I want to follow you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek after you. And I'm going to walk with you. And that's what it means to be in Christ. And then as you're in Christ, then what do you do? Why pray when you can worry? Now, I, like a lot of people, it's like, why worry when you can pray, right? That's true. But often, what do we do? Prayer is a last resort. Man, I just totally stress myself out. You know, anxiety, <gasps> can't breathe. And then all of a sudden, oh man, I better try prayer. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you something. Whether you believe it or not, whether you've experienced it or not, I have seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in the lives of many people. Jesus can instantaneously deliver you from all of this stuff. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have a battle. Because our tendency is to kind of go back to our default setting. But the reality is that default setting can be reprogrammed. And we, that's what the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God says, now, I want you to understand this is what the gospel is. This is how I change you. Don't think that way. Think this way. And as you begin to think, the Bible says, the person who sets his mind on him will be at perfect peace. Perfect peace. You've got to set your mind on him. That means I'm going to think of Jesus. And then the next verse, verse 8, is whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Philippians 4. What is a good report? Whatever is true. And listen, 
what happens, by the way, it's not whatever is the truth, but it's whatever is true. There's a difference. Because you can say, the truth is I'm stressed out. The truth is I'm very sick. Yeah, but what's the tr- what, does, what is true when it comes to what God says? God says, I came to bring you peace. God says, I came to make you whole. I came to heal you. And I can take all of this from you if you will allow me to. But the first thing that we have to do after we're in Christ, so really the second thing, is we have to learn to pray about everything. Make your request known to God. God isn't, you know what? Some Christians would even say, well, God knows what we need. We don't even have to ask him. He tells us, let me know. Why? Contrary to popular opinion, prayer does not move God. He's not the one stuck. Prayer moves us. Prayer changes us. And what takes place is we get to that point where now we begin to realize, okay, this is changing me. Because now I'm casting my cares upon him. Now, Psalm 62, 8, I'm pouring out my heart. And now I'm giving it to him. And he's changing me. And he's bringing this peace into my life. And thank you, God. You know what I need now. I leave it with you. And you thank him. You thank him, God, you've heard me. You're a good father. You know exactly what I'm going through. I thank you that my prayers are answered. I thank you that you're a deliverer. I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that you got this all sorted out. I thank you that by this time tomorrow, things can be different in my life. I thank you that I can go to bed and I can sleep. There's an amazing psalm, Psalm chapter 3. David has literally been ousted from the kingdom by his own son. You ever, you ever think you've got life bad? Can you imagine your own son turns against you and literally causes you to have to run for your life and because he wants to take over the kingdom? Well, the fact of the matter is, David, in Psalm chapter 3, he begins to write this. As he is in the wilderness, as he's fleeing from his life, he's literally surrounded by tens of thousands of people that are intent on killing him. Here's what he pens in Psalm chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Can you imagine? David is like, it doesn't matter how many people are wanting to kill me, how many people are desiring to finish off my life. I have God's peace. Good night. See you all in the morning. That's the fact of the matter. God says, I've got perfect peace for you, no matter what you're going through. So everything in prayer, with thanksgiving, begin to thank him. God, I trust you. Hey, you know, some people use prayer just as a way to vent their anxiety. And the time they finish venting their anxiety, they're not any better. They're even more frustrated. Oh, and there's times even when God says, you know, in the scripture, stop praying. Said it to Moses, said it to Joshua, stop praying. Why, God? Because your prayer is not rooted in faith. Your prayer, you don't believe that I'm hearing you and I'm going to answer you. Stop praying. Stop. And, oh, okay. Okay, start praising. Start worshiping. God, I told you, you know exactly what I'm going through. And now I look 
to you, and I trust you. Beloved, Jesus came into the world to bring us peace. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have those which love your law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. There is a place where we can get in Christ, where we live free of anxiety and peace. I'm not saying that we'll master it every day, but I'm saying it is the gospel. The gospel is the gospel of peace. And how do we have peace in our heart? We have to, first of all, be at peace with God. And once we're at peace with God, then we can be at peace within ourselves and with one another. That's the gospel. Because now we're not focusing on doing things out of fear, out of what if, if I don't seize if I, you know, this opportunity, if I don't do this, if I don't push, if I don't you know, climb the ladder, then it won't happen. So I've got to fend for myself. And no, 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 my father takes care of me. My father loves me. I don't have to worry about anything. In fact, I can literally hide and I'll still get the promotion. I literally, I don't have to do anything. If he wants me to get it, then it'll happen. Look, I'm not saying we don't do our part, but I'm saying we realize we're not in control. And he's in control, and he works everything together for our good. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. In closing, Jesus came from heaven to earth to reconcile us to the Father by paying the price for our sins. He took the sins of the world upon himself, became a sin offering, and he suffered, and he bled, and he died, and he was beaten, and he was raised to life on the third day that we could have peace. Peace with God. Peace within ourselves. Peace that transcends human understanding. Religion doesn't give you peace, guys. Only God by his Holy Spirit can give you peace. This is the good news. This is the gospel of peace. And our response, what have I to offer this king of heaven? Your brokenness. That's all he wants. He came to set you free. He came to pay the price. He's just saying, give me your life in shambles, your life that's a mess, your life that's broken, your fears, your anxieties. Give it to me. Trust me. Now begin to pray. Begin to worship me. Begin to proclaim my truth over your situation and circumstance and watch what I'll do. He'll turn it around, guys. He'll turn it around in 2017. He'll give you a breakthrough that you thought you would never experience as you surrender fully to him. He's looking for people that will surrender their lives. This isn't an easy message. This isn't put up your hand and, yeah, just join the Jesus Club. This is about becoming a disciple. This is about laying down your life. I'm telling you, it's about being radical. The word radical comes from the Latin word radix, which means going back to the root. And that's what it's about, and that's what God wants. Will you just bow your head with me, please, in closing? We're just going to put a video on as you reflect upon the coming of Jesus into the world. I want to just ask you just to take this next couple of moments and examine your heart. 
Are you ready to make peace with God? Jesus broke down that wall of division or partition so you and I could be restored. Are you ready to follow him? Not just give him lip service, not just say, yeah, Jesus, I like you, I love you, please forgive me. But Jesus, now I want to serve you. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to give you everything so that I can follow you. That's what Jesus is looking for. And I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed when you give your life in its entirety to him.